This episode reveals some of the additional challenges faced in blended families. So whether you are in a blended family or even if you know couples in your circle of friends who are, understanding the difference between their experience and a typical first marriage is going to help you and I be a better support to them. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have one of those episodes that blurs the line between parenting and marriage for you this week. This is episode number 165, and today we're going to be talking about forming a blended family and how all that goes down when the relationship with children or stepchildren impacts the marriage. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we gave some guidance for husbands on how to lead spiritually. It's worth going back and checking out. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound, research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. Okay, let's get into the topic of loving your spouse's kids. Yeah. So, blended marriages are more common than I thought. Oh, really? And I guess this makes sense if you think about it, but over half of marriages every year are second marriages for one or both spouses. And 65% of those are bringing kids from the previous relationship. That's a study from 2004. Now, uh, in terms of how they kind of form, what it typically looks like is 80% of blended families feature the biological mother and a stepfather. Okay. Rather than featuring a stepmother or a complex, what's called a complex stepfamily, where both spouses bring children from a prior relationship. Okay. And forming a blended family or step family presents challenges to the marriage, including negotiating parenting roles. And these are differences, again, from that first marriage, no kids starting scenario, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the st- second challenge can be the step parent forming a new relationship with the child. Mm-hmm. And then there's the divorced parent still having some control or responsibility for the children's upbringing. So you have this party on the outside with say on what's happening on the inside. Oh, okay. That can affect decision-making for the new couple. And then during this time, of course, there can be negative appraisals of the family and the step-parent role from society or the social circle. So there's, there can be judgment or expectations or any of that going on too. Right. So those are all things that a first marriage couple wouldn't deal with. Typically not. To. I mean, they may have disapproval if people don't think they should have gotten married or something, but they won't have the same set of okay. challenges, right? Yeah. Now, as part of this, then researchers note that step family functioning and couple functioning are inexorably linked. Inexorably, hey? Inexorably. What does that mean? Uh, like you can't pull them apart. Okay. So how what's happening on a family level and what's happening on a couple level, you can't. Those two things are all happening at the same time. Right. It's one bowl of spaghetti. Okay. Which means that it's going to be challenging to create a happy second marriage without also creating a workable step family. Okay. So you got to build two yeah. things at once here. Again, this is two things going on, right? It's a dynamic that two people entering their first marriage without children do not have to navigate. So they get to kind of set themselves up, establish their husband-wife unit, and then they bring children in typically is what happens. Oh, right? Okay. Okay. But the research emphasizes that couple functioning and step families is significantly determined by the same processes and factors that affect any other marriage. So you have to use communication skills. There has to be empathy there. You know, there's values, there's beliefs. So those kind of yeah. core features are all there. 
But there are these specific factors and issues within blended families that do need special attention. So it's kind of like all the usual skills apply, and then you need some more on top. So one of the tasks of a step family is to establish norms. So as blended families are a fairly new concept relative to traditional first marriages, there aren't as many norms for them and established ways of functioning, like um, societal expectations, you could say, or modeling oh, okay. or standards, right? Okay. So for example, there are set norms for looking after and disciplining kids, managing finances and decision-making in first marriages, but there's no set or expected way of doing things in a blended family. Mm. And couples in blended families are much more in the dark on these things. They have to figure it out for themselves, right? So this can create uncertainty over roles and lead to conflict, especially over complex issues like combining your assets and finances as you get married or looking after stepchildren as well as your own children. Mm. Like a lot of us, society kind of has a platter of expectation and norms around us that we sort of unknowingly get handed. Yeah. So we don't have to figure that out. Okay. But this this is new territory for so many, right? Yeah. Did you have a comment on that, baby? Well, I was just thinking like when in first marriages, yeah, you bring your family of origin stuff to the table. Um, what was it? Where was I going with this? But like if you have step families, even if you come from a step family and you had your set of norms there, like depending on the divorced parents contribution or how involved they are and the kid and like step parent, like it just, it's all so new Yeah, that the norms from your previous life might not apply even. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's additional layers of dynamics Yeah, that go on, right? So as part of this, one of the things that we recommend is that couples explicitly discuss these issues and agree on how to manage responsibilities, finances, and childcare. Because there's not so many norms in place, mm -hmm. you have to be more forward about having these discussions, more proactive in order to eliminate so much of the uncertainty and help you work together in creating your own set of norms for your family. So agreeing on parenting and family roles is associated with lower rates of conflict and higher marital satisfaction. Mm -hmm. So would you say like doing this before you get married is better? Oh, definitely. Um, You'll definitely want to start discussing it before you get married, but I think there's also some things that you won't figure out until you're married. Right. Okay. But uh, I mean, at least the discussion flow is happening and you're learning how you work together for sure, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, so that's, there's, that's one section or area of things is that whole norms part. And then there's the social support thing. So step families typically receive less social support from their extended family than first marriages. I was kind of surprised at that. They often feel stigmatized. Uh, the disapproval from society, from family and friends can negatively impact marriage in a lot of ways. Like we, we did an episode yeah. on social circle disapproval, and we'll link to that in our notes for this episode. But a couple of researchers found that lack of support from family and friends was a specific factor that led to lower marital happiness for wives in second marriages. Wow. So this is also kind of a shout out to family and friends just to say, hey, like, Maybe this is uncomfortable and maybe you don't like it. Right. Uh, but let's right. not create kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy here. Yeah. The lack of social support. Oh, yeah. Do you think that they would feel it more keenly too? Like they'd be more sensitive to it. Yeah. Because of the stigma. Yeah. Associated. Yep. Could be. Huh. Could be. So that could mount up to be a lot of pressure, right? Yeah. Which would take it away. It would, I, I think it would impact your ability just to enjoy your marriage. Right. Because you're feeling a little bit like a fishbowl effect. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Step families also have to deal with a lack of recognition and formal support from society. For, for example, there's often less practical support available to step parents. One example of that is like grandparents' willingness to babysit step grandchildren. Okay. Versus blood grandchildren. Okay. Right? Okay. There may be less formal or legal recognition of the relationship between a child and their step parent. So how does that navigate when you're, are you a guardian? Those kind of oh, scenarios, right? Right, right. So simply understanding and validating these experiences and difficulties can be beneficial to the couple's well-being. So just being open and talking about it, acknowledging what's there, the yeah. challenges, so that couples can try to find support from other couples in similar situations or from formal support groups or counseling. So all the methods used for coping with social circle disapproval from episode 159 also apply here. So that's a good episode to refer to. Now there's uh, managing expectations. So couples in this situation need to understand that forming a new family dynamic will take time and effort. Expectations that you'll be able to instantly establish great relationships with stepkids or that you'll naturally fall into a good dynamic are linked to lower marital quality. Really? Yeah. Huh. Research suggests that step families often go through a couple years of disorganization and turbulence before stabilizing and starting to function as a new family over the next one to three years. Wow. So there's a settling period up to five years long that couples have to be realistic about. Yeah. Well, talk about managing expectations. Yeah. There's flexible family dynamics that need to be considered. So because of the complex nature of families involving stepchildren and former partners, having a flexible definition of what the family, air quotes, is, is important. Research shows that individual relationships within the family are more important than forming a single cohesive family unit. Okay. That kind of makes sense, I yeah. think. So, for example, focusing on the one-on-one -on -one relationships between the stepfather and stepchildren or between the new couple are more important than focusing solely on functioning as a family. So it's like you really have to target the individual bonds specifically to set them up. Okay. The one-on-one -on -one relationships. Yeah. Hmm. So that that's like, that's a lot more work goes into creating a family relationship. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I'm thinking about what you said there and... um I uh, I wonder if it's a lot more intentionality because you may do this sort of natively over time with a birth child. Right. But you would have to do this intentionally in a shorter time frame with a stepchild. Yeah. And I think too, like with a birth child, you have the relationship already established. If you have a crazy busy week and you didn't... Well, you, you don't know, on day one. Do you know what I mean? Like for a dad? Right. But by the time your kid is going to remember and hold things against you. Right. You should have a relationship established. Right. But I'm saying like with a stepkid, you could screw up on day 1 and that's Yeah, okay. if you have a super busy week, can you just hold hear yep. me out. Yep. If you have a super busy week with your birth kid and you know, you didn't get to take them to whatever that you were hoping to take them to, you still have the relationship there. Yep. Whereas I think with a stepkid, it could easily go to he didn't want to take me. Yep. Right. So that's going back to the intentionality of. There's no track record. Yeah. You have nothing to fall back on. Like everything has got to be very proactive and yeah. intentional. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. A very valid consideration for sure. So, you know, it takes some work to figure all that out, right? Yeah. And so lowering expectations and just understanding these things take time, really kind of settling into that for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Now, then there's the subject of ritual behavior. So every family has rituals, regular routines or behaviors that are important to them as a family. And they actually become part of like the family's identity. This is what we do. Oh, okay. 
as Simone Gindels or whatever, right? Yeah. So for example, how you celebrate Christmas or birthdays, bedtime routines, mealtime routines, or traditional days out, what you do with some school holidays, all those okay. kinds of things, right? Okay. Now, making new rituals as a blended family is an important part of learning to function as a family. So uh, researchers in 98 interviewed 53 blended families about the importance of rituals. And they found that rituals were successful in creating family unity when they included members of both the old and the new family. Oh, okay. So, for example, family gatherings involving the stepchildren and the new couple's biological children, or a stepfather going to sports games with his stepson and biological son. This is more the complex family scenario. Okay. So these rituals encourage bonding between individuals and the blended family while emphasizing the importance of both the old and the new family members. Okay. It's kind of sorting out that whole playing field, right? Yep. So bringing in rituals from the old family, but adapting them to include the entire blended family was also important in building a sense of unity as a family. Huh. Like my stuff's not just thrown out and we have to adapt to this, but I'm important too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, for sure. Like this is as much an issue as the, you know, when you're putting two households of furniture together, right? You have to do this on the ritual side. What are we going to keep? What are we going to leave behind? Yeah. How does everybody feel about that? So rituals failed to lead to family unity when they felt imposed or compulsory, or if they involved treating members of the old and the new family differently. So for example, activities where the biological children are included, but the stepchildren are not. Or where biological children are punished for not participating, but the stepchildren are not. Easy enough scenarios to get into, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden that gets really delicate. So there's quite a bit to navigate in this area of rituals. And this is a conversation that you need to have and need to do well as a couple. And to help with that, we built a conversation guide for our patrons who support our show on Patreon. We really appreciate all of you who support us. You know, even if you're not in a blended family, there's some great thoughts to consider about the traditions or rituals in your family. Okay. So I highly recommend this download for you. If you're not a patron, you can get a copy of this and dozens of other resources by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60 second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive, and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about ritual behaviors. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the relationship with the stepchild. So in first marriages, a happy, well-functioning marriage leads to happy children with positive interactions between parents and children. In a blended family, the effect is the other way around. So establishing some kind of workable relationship with the stepchildren is the key to creating a stable and happy marriage. Wow. So it's not the marriage so much as the... Caleb, put the table back together. (laughs) You're so distracting. Fiddling and pulling the desk apart. (laughs) Okay. Sorry, people. We'll keep going. 
What were we talking about? Um, oh yeah. ADHD. You need to, you know, you need to, you need to start with the children. Yeah. The to step-children. create the happy marriage. Yes. In a blended family. Wow. So I had to confess that I had no idea that this was the case. So it was really interesting to see this come out in the research. Mm-hmm. Now, Another study found that step-parents report the highest satisfaction with their family life and marriage when they initially take a secondary role in parenting. This is more for the, this is the step-parent, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's acting warm and supportive to their stepchild and supporting their spouse in discipline issues, but not taking a leading role in discipline until a stronger bond with the child has been established. Okay. And stepfathers in particular need to be careful to avoid being authoritarian and distant and should take an active interest in forming a relationship with the stepchildren before assuming any kind of disciplinarian role. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And the age of the children is also an important factor. So if the kids are very young when the new family is formed, then the step-parent can expect to form a strong parental bond with them over time. Okay. But if the children are adolescent, then forming that bond that is as strong as a biological parent-child bond probably isn't going to happen. Oh, okay. And might not be realistic to expect. Uh-huh. But simply establishing a positive, trusting relationship with the stepchildren is enough. You know okay. what I mean? So don't... Enough as in enough to create the stable, happy marriage? Yeah. Okay. And family. Okay. Huh. So I think, you know, if you have a range of children, just be accommodating. Kind of give yourself a break there in terms of expectations, right? Right. Managing expectations. Yeah. We already talked about that. Yes. Now, huh. then there's the X. And that's another relationship to consider in all of this, right? Right. So having the former spouses be highly involved in the new family reduces the relationship quality for the married couple. This is true regardless of whether the interaction with the former spouse is positive or negative. Constantly arguing with your ex is bad, but so is showing that you still have some affection for them and wanting them to be highly involved in your life. This is a study from 2004. So there's a really delicate balance in here. Like this is hard to figure out. Yeah. And high levels of competition between the step parent and the former spouse will negatively impact the child, leading to bad behavior typically and bad relationships with the step parent. This then negatively impacts marital satisfaction in the new marriage. So in order to have good relationships with the children and therefore a good marriage, the couple needs to set proper emotional and practical boundaries with the old spouse and establish a relationship to the old spouse that is cooperative or businesslike, but not intimate. Wow. That's a tough that, one. Yeah, this is a very like delicate line yeah. to walk here. Yeah. Ooh. Now that can be tricky, right? So it requires a pretty robust understanding of healthy boundaries and along with a very collaborative spirit about the whole thing and typically mm-hmm. with someone who's who you feel is it represents a lot of hurt in your life. Yeah. So, you know, from those of us watching this kind of marriages, like let's not underestimate the challenge of that and just be empathic towards that. That's a big tough one to handle. Yeah. Yeah. So these are some of the key ingredients to making that blended family work well. Loving your spouse's kids is a huge gift to them and to your spouse. And as I reflect on that, it's almost like adoption. I think it reflects the heart of God. Hmm. And I think that doing this well is something that God will bless. You know, I I was remembering too, as I was writing this film, that a roommate from college, terrific guy, came from a blended family. He had even two brothers that had exactly the same name and were exactly the same age. Really? First name, yeah. Huh? They were like twins. And he spoke very highly of his family, his stepmother and father. It may have been the other way around. No, no, it was that way around. It was stepmother and father. And I just remember this or mention this because chances are if you stumbled across this episode because you're looking for help, you may be in that turbulent stage right now that we talked about earlier Mm -hmm. where it's just trying to figure it all out, right? And I just want to encourage you to stick with it, to realize that this is a journey and many happy families have been created. Right. 
out of things that maybe started off less than ideal or difficult or with these challenges, right? Mm -hmm. So realize that this is a journey. Manage your expectations. Don't be afraid to get help. There's more and more being written about this. And of course, there's always marriage and family therapists like myself who'd be happy to assist. Hmm. Did you just hear my tummy crawl? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks, we need to wrap this up because Verlinda is hungry. Oh, my dear. Yes. We need to get out of here before. (laughs) Before I get hangry. Hangry, yeah. Well, we would like to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording. Recording, Verlinda. Recording. Yeah, blood sugar starting to drop. And the previous one. There's Tim and also Aaron and all you supporters. We just thank you because we appreciate it. Yeah. And also, Caleb, a huge thank you to Stephen Lockwood from the U.S. who left us an iTunes review. Says, love it. Five stars. I listened to probably 20 episodes in three days. I'm sorry, Stephen. Yeah, we feel sorry for you. (laughs) I really liked them. It's probably the best marriage podcast I've ever listened to because they act out what they teach while you listen. It makes marriage fun. Yeah, we think our marriage is fun. It is fun. Yeah. So thanks, Stephen. Caleb, next week. Yeah, we're talking about pornography and sex trafficking. That's That's not going to be fun. Again, this porn issue is one that's impacting so many marriages. And one thing we want to do is help us all understand that pornography consumption is not a victimless activity. Mm -hmm. Far from it, as we shall see. Okay. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 165. Find out how you can help other marriages. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Belinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.